Greetings and welcome to another episode of the St. Luke's IHT Internal Podcast. Today's guest is someone you likely do not know, which makes me even more excited to share it with you. I think you will find her inspiring and just really informative as she describes her area and her vision for the future. So without any further ado, here we go. I would say the culture of St. Luke's has been not a surprise to me, but it has been a delight. My impression of the culture of the company is one of just um, positivity. I sit in on our senior leadership team meetings and I'm, I'm really impressed in the balance between just how much fun people are having and how professional the environment is. So I think it's a really nice blend of those, you know, two qualities. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 3 of the St. Luke's IHT Internal Podcast. That voice you just heard is one of the newest leaders at St. Luke's, Nicole Brown, who is the Chief Operating Officer of the Orthopedic Service Line and Center for Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. And I think now that's also the winner and the longest job title in the system. Nicole, welcome to St. Luke's and welcome to the show. (laughs) Good morning, Reed. Thank you. Uh, pleasure to be here. I'm flattered uh, at the request, so thanks for having me. Yeah, just really appreciate your time. Okay, we always kick things off with a little segment we call Getting to Know a Leader in Three Questions or Less. So question one, if you were a fair food, what type of food would you be and why? Oh, gosh. If I was a fair food... Definitely would not be that corn dog thing. I hate that thing. (laughs) The pronto pup. Yes, I know what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, let's let's cross pronto pup off of the list immediately. (laughs) Um, I let's see a fair food. I think I think it'd be a churro. Um, I think I'd be a churro because I'm kind of a pretty good blend of. kind of soft and crunchy. <laughs> I have kind of a, I, I'm probably uh, more sensitive inside than, than I come across as. Um, so a little bit, a little bit maybe crustier, crunchier on the outside, but super soft on the inside. How's that? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Great insight. And I think like, I think that one question has the chance to replace like Myers-Briggs and all these different kind of assessments. I think you're onto something. It, yeah, it just really cuts right to the heart of the matter. So uh, brilliant. Okay, question two. Uh, we just love to learn more about leaders and their career path or education journey, like the steps that led them to the role they have today. Would you take just a few minutes and share about your background and how you ended up here at St. Luke's in this incre- incredibly important role? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, you know, I guess t- to start, I'll, I'll share that I'm a I'm a Boise kid. I'm part of the growing minority of people that can say they were lucky enough to be raised in Boise, Idaho, mm-hmm. and raised in a wonderful family with two great parents. My mom, um, for much of her career, was the director of activities and volunteer services for the division of veteran services okay and when your mom is the activity the director of activities and volunteer services you are a volunteer (laughs) yes so i grew up in my formative years spending quite a bit of time on the inside of the veterans home i knew very early on that i wanted to be in healthcare. 
uh, went to college and um, sort of got my, my undergraduate degrees, a bachelor's of science in health science studies. And I took a lot of the science classes because I wasn't quite sure, do I want to go to med school? Do I want to go to PA school? Um, but as I was get, going through and kind of getting to the end of my undergrad, I started becoming just more interested in the management side or the management aspects of healthcare. Um, so I graduate and think, okay, what do I do now? <laughs> First job um, out of out of college was for Blue Cross of Idaho. I was doing provider contracting and provider relations all across the state of Idaho. And I knew pretty pretty quickly that that was not the right role for me. Okay. Um, and had the opportunity to get into medical group management. So spent like the first 15 years of my uh, career working in a variety of different roles um, in the medical group administration side of healthcare, and I loved it. Um, kind of cut my teeth in orthopedics uh, way back when and had the opportunity over many years to spend time in pulmonary medicine and women's care. And I got to the um, about four to five years ago and realized I had kind of accomplished everything that I intended to accomplish in that space mm-hmm. and knew that my career was going to take me into the hospital realm. Mm-hmm. And looking back, I remember thinking, what's next? I knew I wanted to obviously stay in healthcare. And I remember thinking, what I really want to do is run my own facility. And thinking back, I remember how crossing that chasm seemed really just like unlikely right. to me. Nevertheless, um, I left medical, the medical group side of the industry and had the opportunity to um, learn about ser- or to get engaged in service line administration at St. Alphonsus. So up until recently, I've, I have uh, held, held the role of service line administrator for musculoskeletal services at, at St. Alphonsus. And in that world, that largely meant orthopedics, pain management, outpatient rehab. Um, so here we are. I am seven weeks on the job, and um, it really in many ways feels like coming home yeah. um, to be here in this role and um, leading the, the um, development of this new destination center for musculoskeletal services here at St. Luke's. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I have to, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out, you know, as a vandal, uh, you finished at Boise State, but you started at the U of I in Moscow. So like the cornerstone of everything you've built is founded at the University of Idaho. So I think that's wonderful. Yeah, obviously. Okay. Obviously. Very good. Uh, Thanks for that. Uh, So outside of work then and this incredibly, you know, passion, um, passionate style that you bring, what do you do to kind of recharge, regenerate, make sure that you can bring your best self to work each day? Yeah, I, um, it, it, it's sort of a nice intersection with professional, you know, orthopedics is all, all about um, restoring mobility mm-hmm. and enabling people to be as physically active as they want to be. And 
uh, personally, that's kind of how I recharge um, is, <clears throat> is through a lot of just physical activity. Kind of depends on the season. In the winter, sure. um, I'm an active skier. Um, I just recently kind of took up running again. I'm training for my first marathon right now. Uh, but I like to start my day doing something physical every single morning. Yeah. And for me, that just kind of... Cl- I, I do a lot of my thinking um, when I'm, it's kind of a nice balance between physically exerting yourself and allowing your, your mentally allowing myself to kind of relax and think through problems, think through how to approach conversations. I think, I think I do all of my best prep work when I'm doing some sort of physical exercise. Yeah, I love that. Um, I can recommend to you pickleball as maybe a regimen to <laughs> build into your, your portfolio. I have played pickleball. Okay, I find it's like for the me, fastest growing sport yeah. in America. And it's like this perfect intersection of, you know, someone who's middle-aged, limited athleticism, like that is the sweet spot. So I've got some buddies and we play <laughs> once a week. And if we don't, like... To your point, I, I feel like I've missed something, and it's there's like a physical and an emotional kind of response to that when I miss it. Totally. So I think that's great. Okay, uh, so you mentioned this is Monday number seven for you, which is wonderful. Uh, so would love for you just to share um, in these last you know six weeks, going on seven weeks, what has been as expected at St. Luke's? Maybe what has surprised you, and what has delighted you? during the time that you've been here? I'm still trying to kind of put my finger on that. Um, when I compare and contrast my current role, and and I, I would say the culture of St. Luke's has been not a surprise to me, but it has been a delight. My impression of the culture of the company is one of just um, positivity. I sit in on our senior leadership team meetings and I'm I'm really impressed in the balance between just how much fun people are having and how professional the environment is. So I think it's a really nice blend of those, you know, two qualities. And that's been a delight for me these last seven weeks is just really feeling like I'm working with, um, I'm a pretty optimistic person myself, probably pathologically optimistic. (laughs) My glass is always, um, you know, more than a half full. Um, And so to feel like I'm working with a group of people that are pretty like-minded in that regard has been um, a, a delightful discovery. I think that's wonderful, and it, it resonates uh, for me personally. I've I've been here 11 years now, and I've felt that from day one. And always kind of the, at least the awareness, if maybe not always the perfect balance, of, of being optimistic, but not having that so disconnected from reality that people are like, huh? Uh, and what? I think that, yeah, I think our leaders here at St. Luke's uh, just do a wonderful job at really threading that needle. And just in yeah. the short time we've known each other, I can totally uh, sense that that's a, a strength for you as well. So that's great. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay. So speaking more about your team and this new role you have and understanding that a lot of the folks in our IHT departments may just loosely be aware of this role and what this team does, can you take a few minutes and just maybe introduce your team, the structure of your leadership group, their responsibilities, uh, and maybe weave into that your vision of your role and, and how you want to see that progress going forward? 
Sure. You know, as you said, I've got I've got a lengthy title, so I'll tell I'll take a couple of minutes just to kind of explain what I think it is that I do. Um, so the the role is really two part. Um, on on in on the first side, it's service line administration, mm-hmm. and so that's all about developing, you know, setting the strategy and developing the programs to execute the mission for orthopedics across the the regions that we serve. And so that's everything. It's everything from how do we market? How, you know, do we have the right people resources in place, physician and staff recruitment? So um, program development is a big part of the role. The other piece of it is the chief operating officer for the Center for Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. So that's a, that's a mouthful. And that is leading the, you know, bringing online um, what I think is just going to be an, an incredible asset to this community, which is a destination center for musculoskeletal care. A lot of people are calling it 27th and Fairview. Uh, it's the Center for Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, and it's going to come online in the fall of 2023, uh, roughly 200,000 square foot facility, um, mostly equally uh, divided into, you know, kind of the clinic-based services uh, that most people are familiar with, and then the surgical services as well. So, um you know, honestly, I'm still working on what my what my team needs to look like, um, and I'm going to be developing that over the next couple of months. But as it stands right now, I have two practice directors that uh, are on my team. Uh, they divide and conquer based mostly on geography as it relates to overseeing all of the orthopedic practices from Wood River to Magic Valley and all throughout the Treasure Valley. And then um, also divide and conquer sort of from a program development standpoint. We've got pro, you know very robust programs in areas like joint replacement surgery, sports medicine, um, you know, ortho trauma hospitalist services. And so um, my two directors have individuals that are largely responsible for guiding and, and moving the, the subspecialty work forward. Speaking of that structure on 27th and Fairview in downtown Boise, now known as the St. Luke's Center for Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, or COSM, My daughter just turned 17, Mm -hmm. and it feels like that building has been under construction for as long as she's been alive. Now, I'm exaggerating slightly, but would you take some time and maybe unpack that a little bit more? You have a unique history with that property. Uh, Maybe just share your perspective on how the focus has shifted over time in terms of the intent of, of this facility and the structure and what your future vision is for COSM. Earlier, I alluded to how this is really like coming home for me, this mm-hmm. this particular role, because 20 years ago, I started my career in medical group leadership at uh, Intermountain Orthopedics. So working with many of the same physicians who I'm working with today, and I remember when that piece of land got purchased and was sort of a part of the the development of the original vision for that facility to be an orthopedic hospital. Um, I've been gone a long time from that group of, you mm-hmm. know, group, group 
working with that group of physicians. Um, and so, you know, for, for probably lots of good reasons that predate my coming to St. Luke's, um, the, the facility really has been reimagined. So what started out as a, an orthopedic hospital is now more of an ambulatory destination campus. It's going to have, you know, certainly it's going to have surgical services, but clinic services are going to be there, um, imaging, lab, pharmacy, and a lot of just um, spaces for community to come together. So community education, uh, there's going to be outdoor spaces that can be utilized uh, for some of our sports medicine programs. So it really is, um, you know, recognizing that the the project has evolved <laughs> over the, the last few years. I do feel still like it's going to be this amazing asset for the company, for the community rather, that's going to bring people uh, to that campus. Yeah, for sure. I love the way you kind of describe that idea of reimagining. Um, you know, from an IHT perspective, we've been close to the, the construction conversations and decisions along the way. Um, and we, the idea of how we can reimagine technology in this space to really drive this idea of consumerism and a consumer-centered experience is, is really exciting and inspiring for us. Are there any kind of top-of-mind um, desires that, that you envision for this space when it comes to technology? You know, um, being here all of seven weeks, I don't want to <laughs> pretend to know what I don't know, yeah. but I do have a vision in, in forming in my own mind. And what that is, is actually, I'll go back and I'm married to a wonderful person who does not like our industry. <laughs> he, <laughs> he thinks it's complex. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to navigate. Um, but several years ago, my husband traveled with his father down to the University of Utah for a heart procedure. And when he came back, he almost couldn't shut up about how wonderful of an experience was. Uh, all the pre-visit work uh, workup was done in a very, very organized manner. When they got to the campus, they knew precisely where to park. When they got to the parking garage, they knew exactly where they were going, you know, which entrance to go through. And it was almost like somebody was waiting for them. Yeah at the door. And and at what was special about his their experience is that at no time did did he feel or did his father feel like they were be like they did they didn't have their somebody's arms weren't wrapped around them. Yeah. They always knew where they were gonna be, who was gonna be what was going to be coming next, who was going to come in the door, about what time they should be expecting, and at no point were they uncertain about what was going to happen next. And what that did is it freed him up, my husband up, to be the caretaker. It took away all the noise mm -hmm. about where to go and what to expect. Um, it took all of that away and freed them up just to be present and freed him up to be there as a caretaker for his father without all the other anxieties that I think sometimes we minimize yes. <laughs> or um, marginalize um, that, that, that comes along with, um, with healthcare. So whatever that is, that's the vision that I have for this campus 
is I want, and, and it's through, there, there are going to be technological solutions uh, to, you know, enabling that vision to come to fruition. And a lot of other things will, ha- wonderful things will have to happen too, to ensure that when people leave that facility, they say, wow. I can't believe that. And they go tell all of their family and friends about their experience. Yeah, that's that's so nicely stated. And I think it completely aligns with the way we envision technology enabling care. Um, in large regards, it should be transparent. People shouldn't even kind of be aware of what's happening, you know, with the technology, either behind the scenes or even right there in the room. It's just so built into the workflow that it's it's not obtrusive. But as you were outlining that, it really speaks to this idea of a, how do we reduce these friction points? Um, Use the word uncertainty, which I love, because I think about my own experiences, either for myself or a family member, and there's already like a level of of angst or, you know, (laughs) tension that you feel when you go to seek healthcare, typically. And then if you just, the more you add friction points to that, like, where do I park? Okay, now I've got to walk a long distance. Uh, Where do I go when I get in there? Okay, now I have to tell somebody who I am. And then like five minutes later, I go somewhere else and tell the same exact information to somebody (laughs) else. Like that just elevates that anxiety. So by the time they get with the clinician, they're amped up and they're, they're not really ready to have an engaged conversation about why they're there because they have all of this technology baggage, so to speak, of things that we could have... Um, eased or shaped the path better with. And so I'm just, I'm excited. And our commitment is we'll work with you and reimagine what that experience looks like at COSM. It's going to be great. Yeah, I think that is so well said, Reed. And that is, you know, that that's a big part of my why, as you know, why am I at mm-hmm. St. Luke's? And I think that the the Center for Orthopedics and Sports Medicine is such an opportunity. You know, it it would be it would be a mistake. We would be remiss to assume that we're just going to centralize all of yeah. these, you know, services that are, you know, kind of in disparate locations and expect that to drive an experience that is unique and different in our community. And that's where the real work is, is like, how do we um, utilize this new strategic asset in a way that, you know, transforms healthcare, transforms the consumer's experience. And that's the stuff that gets me out of bed every morning. I think that's really, really exciting. Yeah, same here, same here. That, That really drives to my why. Okay, um, I want you to fast forward in your mind, like it's March now of 2024, two years from now, and just complete this sentence. I will be most proud if in March of 2024, fill in the blank. Yeah, I will be most proud in March of 2024, not if, but when the Center for Orthopedics and Sports Medicine has opened, it was on schedule, it was on budget, and we have um, the structure in place to deliver exceptional care to every single patient that walks in. And by structure, I mean probably a couple of things. One is that I think we have a unique opportunity to engage physicians in the, the governance and the leadership 
and the operations of this new facility. And that we have gone through in the next 18 months a, a, a cultural transformation that that we all we we share uh, we have a shared mindset amongst the physicians and every single staff member that supports that facility about what service looks like that we're delivering on a cons- that consumer's experience through a shared mindset about what that you know what that culture looks like Okay, and I think that was a really important clarification you added. It's it's not an if statement; it's a when statement, and that's and it's not sociopathic, right? Your optimism, I think, is pragmatic. Uh, but I just I love that, you know, even in responding to that question, you know, this isn't an if, but when this happens, I'm going to be so proud. And it's it's just really clear why you were selected for this role and how fortunate we are at St. Luke's to to have you leading this area uh, in your COO and and expertise that you bring to this, this critically important uh, service for our community. So, so thank you very much. It's been delightful to have you on the show today. Uh, we always allow our guests the last word, so I'm just going to open it up for you to provide whatever closing comment or thought that you would want to share. Um, I'm pinching myself. This is my dream job. Um, I am so thrilled to be here. I am so impressed with um, all of the leaders that I've had the opportunity to engage with. Reed, you're definitely on the top of that list. Um, so I'm I'm really happy to be here and um, really excited about um, bringing the Center for Orthopedics and Sports Medicine to Boise. Our guest today has been Nicole Brown who is the Chief Operating Officer of the Orthopedic Service Line and Center for Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. I want to thank Nicole for her time and just a really great conversation. I'm excited for the chances we have going forward to collaborate and partner with Nicole and her team to deliver on this vision of, of consumer-centered care that she articulated just so, so wonderfully. Okay, as always, would invite any suggestions from the team on names of of leaders inside of St. Luke's that you would like to uh, have be guests for this podcast. And as always, thank you for what each of you do each day to make us better. Have a great day.